not thinking about any crisis here. It's just another opportunity to keep battling and, and keep growing as a, as a team. He just left for work and that was the last time I saw him. She was trying to convince me that, you know, he will come back, they'll find him. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Rapids Podcast. I'm David Lindholm, Rapids Director of Media Relations, alongside Rapids play-by-play announcer Richard Fleming. Now, Richard, I I don't really want to talk about Portland. I'd much rather focus on this weekend's trip to Montreal, but I I suppose we should touch on it a little bit. What what were your thoughts? My thoughts? uh, None of them are very good. Um, None of them are too positive. Yeah, let's be honest, it was a a disappointing uh, performance, a frustrating performance, um, arguably uh, the worst that I've seen this season um, too many individual mistakes too many basic mistakes but I think as we'll hear very soon it's not about that game anymore it's not about that one game it's about bouncing back and, and showing what this side can do going forward over what a few more tricky games to come uh, and of course the rest of the season pushing towards those playoffs well thankfully there is plenty to discuss other than the Portland loss uh, we've got some topics including the Rapids women a visit from the French Football Federation the Rapids under 16 team Shane O'Neill and we're also going to hear from Danny Mwanga who's been in the news this week yeah that is uh, really a lovely story about Danny but uh, first of all I caught up with the Rapids head coach Oscar Perea ahead of the Montreal match and asked him what needs to change from that 3-0 loss at Portland uh, we need to score goals and we need to avoid that the other team I score. It's as simple as that, as a game. Uh, our mentality has been stronger this year. We already got a, a lot of bumps in our road, and, and the, the boys were uh, brave enough to get over it, and, and I think we can do it again. Three defeats in a row, but as, as players have already said to me, this side doesn't become a bad team overnight. Um, is it just that, that mid-season blip, and is there the belief that this side can turn things around? Well, I would say here that uh, you have to know how you win the games, how you tie them, or how you lose it. And when you see a game in Portland, you may not have any excuses left if you want to use one, because you get, you get a, uh, lose a game at 3-0, but... I think the boys play very well in the majority of the time. And I can point maybe on other games where we get nothing and, excuse me, where we get points and then we didn't play as good. So i got to stick in the positives with this club, with this team, with these guys that are working every day and, and trying to make things happen. What's the difference is in the game that we need to take advantage of the opportunities we have. And against Portland we have many and then not commit the mistakes that we made against them. And, and, and really, they were very efficient on us. And so we, we move it. We're not thinking about any crisis here. It's just another opportunity to keep battling and, and keep growing as a, as a team. Was it the manner of the defeats, San Jose, Chicago, Portland, rather than the defeats themselves? Was it the, the way that the side was, was leaking goals? Yeah, yeah. We, we, at this moment, we're, and we know that, and we're, we didn't defend well. Uh, individually we need to be better collectively because as a unit we need to defend better but uh, but this is a, this is something of we, we have to get through mentality and and, and, and and believe that we can do it that we, we know how to defend well we already did it for 10 games where can, where can we do it now again Montreal this weekend they've got six wins one draw at home it, it, it doesn't get any easier but this is where the big characters the mentally strong players have got to step up yeah uh, we're going to play against a good team 
stature and the standings. We have uh, we have been in a position where 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 we got a very good stretch as well. But then when we face the team over the weekend, we cannot just leave out of those past games. We have to just try to beat that one. Uh, we we keep going. We we have we we have five of the season to go, and and our mentality now is how we're gonna bounce back because we already did it once this year, not too long ago. We need to do it. Hopefully, it's this weekend. So that's Oscar Pereja talking to Richard earlier this week. Richard, I liked in your notes you said when you wanted to talk about Portland, you wrote bad, embellish. I just had to draw draw attention to that. But it's three defeats in a row for the Rapids. It's not going to get any easier uh, Montreal coming up this weekend. No, I mean, they're, they're top of the Eastern Conference. Uh, they've got, uh, they lead that one by four points. They've got games in hand, two games in hand over uh, Philadelphia, three games in hand over New York. So, you know, they are a team who are in a very strong position, 29 points from 14 games played. Uh, they're unbeaten at home this season, six wins and one draw. And then Marco Devaya, top scorer in Major League Soccer. He's got 10 goals and also 51 shots 27 of those shots on goal which is the highest percentage of any player in Major League Soccer So I think it's safe to say you're expecting a tough game I think it's going to be a very tough game Um, You know the Rapids went um, one, one defeat in ten uh, they need to get back onto that kind of form. Defensively, they've been poor, uh, below par. Um, you could say some of it has been out of character with some of the players. Uh, discipline, communication. Uh, Edson Butler, we hope, is going to be back this weekend. Brian Mullen as well. It's not going to be the same kind of surface as we saw at Portland. And I think, you know, we may look back on this um, this game against Portland if the side now goes on a decent run and we could look upon it as almost that that watershed moment in the season when the team realised that um, things have got to get better. And fans will be able to watch uh, the Montreal match on Altitude. You'll be on the call. Absolutely, with uh, Marcelo Balboa uh, alongside me. Altitude TV, the Rapids kickoff. That's the pregame. We'll get underway at 4.30. This Saturday kickoff from Montreal is at 5 o'clock. Now, last week's trip to Portland was a happier occasion for one Rapids player. That's Danny Mwanga, who arrived in the United States as a refugee in 2006 and was awarded his U.S. citizenship on Monday. He's got an incredible story. Here he talks about the day that his life changed forever when, in 1998, his dad set off to work and never came home. At the time, I I wasn't really aware of it because, like I said, um, he just left for work and that was the last time I saw him. And um, and after that, my mom was, you know, I couldn't tell that, you know, she was sad and, you know, I would see her crying and, you know, the same as the, the whole family. But she, you know, she was trying to convince me that, you know, he will come back, they'll find him. And um, and then after that, it was just, I think, I, like I said, I started putting pieces together. And it, it was just, it, it was tough. It was, it was rough. And Richard, you've had the chance to speak to him at length about his, his journey. Yes, Danny, 21 years old. He's been through more in his young life than most of us would ever dare to endure in a lifetime. In brief, his father, Belmont, worked as an advisor in what was then Zaire, is now Democratic Republic of Congo, for the, the dictator who ruled the country from 1965 to 1997 when he was ousted. Now, when, of course, he was overthrown, the rebels went seeking retribution and Danny's father was seen as a target. After that, as Danny tells us, things didn't get much better. It was a tough time, not only for uh, my family, but I think uh, in the entire country. I mean, the rebels were trying to come in the country, and um, it was just it was just scary for everybody, just not knowing uh, what's going to happen the next day. And 
um, and being in a family where our, you know, my dad was a part of the previous government, I think it was even uh, more scary for us and not knowing what's going to happen, who's going to come in the house. And um, But it was definitely scary, but, you know, I thank God that um, everything happened, you know, well and we were able to get out of the country. So perhaps the most impressive thing about Danny Mwanga is how he carries himself after having been through everything that he has. As you said, he's just 21 years old and he can talk about all this with maturity, with composure, perspective, despite some of the horror that he's seen. I mean, absolute horror. Even in some of the the interviews that he's done this week, he talks about dark moments and and dark parts of his past that he he rarely thinks about and doesn't really like to talk about. But as you say, 21 years old, he carries himself so well. He is... He doesn't realise it, but he is an inspiration. The full story of his and his family's battle to restart their lives, which had a happy ending this week, can be seen on Rapids Report on Thursday on altitude from 6pm. It is repeated, so do check your local listings. It is a fantastic story. Now to get into some other positive news from around the club. Uh, We'll start off with the Rapids Under-16 team, which has started the Development Academy playoffs in Dallas. They opened the tournament on Tuesday with a come-from-behind 2-1 win over CASL Chelsea of North Carolina. I don't know if that's Castle Chelsea, but it's got about six names. Uh, But they scored two goals in the last ten minutes, one from Victor Rolf, another one from Ezdrel Peinado, who you know, you you may recognize that name. His father is the Spanish-language radio voice of the Rapids. Uh, But yeah, 2-1 win to start off the playoffs. Um, and the U16s, they're looking to emulate the Rapids U18s from last year, who advanced through this round of the playoffs and into finals week, where they ended the year ranked sixth out of the 80 teams across the country. Uh, U16s play again Wednesday evening. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. And again, their final group stage game Friday morning. A first place finish in the group is what's needed to advance. Also, one player who helped the U18s with that, that stunning finish last year was Shane O'Neill. He and the U.S. Under-20 national team played their final match in the FIFA U-20 World Cup in Turkey on Thursday morning. A win over Ghana, and they're through to the next round, which would be a huge achievement in the group of death. That match is at 11 a.m. Mountain Time on ESPNU or ESPN.com. So make sure to tune in. And one other piece of good news from this week. On Tuesday night, the Rapids women were were in action. They got what was only their second win of the season. They overcame Bay Area Breeze by one goal to nil. It was a rather a fortuitous goal by scored by Erin uh, Gunther, but it was a win that coach Daniel Klitnevich was happy to take. We needed this. We've got uh, four games left, four games that we're very confident with, but... Again, it's football, it's a high level, uh, anything can happen. California was frustrating. Two of the, the three games we, we uh, definitely deserved to, uh, in my opinion, definitely the team's opinion, to get more than what we got. Uh, two games we were, we were clearly in front with 15 to 20 minutes left to give away the games totally. Uh, it was tough to deal with. Six games in, in 12 days. We're the only team in, in, in the whole of the W League uh, that, that had that schedule. Uh, frustrating, but... We know we had the depth. We went with it, and uh, we rotated players. It just, you know, just didn't didn't click. Uh, pulling, uh, uh, you know, eight starters from one game because the next day you've got uh, uh, another game. It's 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 tough to get the team team gelling, things like that. So it was tough, very tough. Daniel Klitnevich talking to me on Tuesday night. That was just their second win in eight games this season. They do have four games remaining, including home to Santa Clarita this Thursday. Kickoff at Dick's Sporting Goods Park is at six o'clock. And now to finish this week's podcast, we're going European, France to be precise. The French Football Federation has returned home after holding a coaching clinic here last week with the focus on youth development for all 19 MLS clubs. It was hosted by the Rapids, and Richard spoke about it with Rapids assistant coach Steve Cook. 
it's important because um, MLS have got a directive that by uh, 2022 we want to have uh, some of the, the best youth players coming through our academies in the world and, and I think we're, we're on a great track for that. The, the French Federation have, have put on this course through MLS. It's a, it's a big undertaking and I think uh, for Major League Soccer if we can produce our own players that are of a very high level which will help the business and also soccer in general in America I think it's a fantastic thing. Just trying to explain why. Why France? Why the French Football Federation? The, 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 the uh, people at Major League Soccer uh, went all over the world and looked for the people who uh, produce some of the best youth players and also have the best uh, coach education systems in place. France is, is the... Uh, as a country, is the biggest producer of young players playing in the five major leagues in Europe and also in the Champions League of, of, in the world. So, so that's the first and foremost. Also, about six, seven years ago, they revamped their coach education uh, system uh, to include some of the things that we're talking about today and, and it's, uh, this, this week, and it's extremely interesting. And, and I think the proof is that they are a great producer of young players. And it, I suppose it goes to emphasise the point, you never stop learning in this game. You never stop learning. It's one of the things that um, we, we've talked about this week is that, you know, you're never too, too uh, old to change. And, uh, you know, maybe the day before you die, that's the, that's the end of the journey. But up till then, you can, you can change, you can adapt. And looking really not just at the game of today, where we're trying to produce players for the game for today, but we're also trying to produce players for the game in 10, 15, 20 years' time because these young players that you see behind me, that's the game they're going to be playing in. You know, they're 12, 13, 14 years old, and uh, to become a high-level professional player, it's going to be six or seven years before they get there. And it's interesting that all 19 MLS clubs are represented here. It just goes to show how, how much that emphasis is, is on youth. There's a tremendous emphasis on youth and, and I think that's something that, that needs to happen. I think it's a, a great focus that the league have got right now. I think we at the Colorado Rapids are at the forefront of that. We've got huge belief in producing uh, good quality young players uh, and not only just as players but as human beings as well. There's a great emphasis on that. I think it's superb that MLS have decided to put so much emphasis on that. And what's opened your eyes this week then? Oh, there's so many things and, uh, you know, the course is actually an 18-month long course. So this is phase two of that, that 18 months and it's an ongoing course. It's extremely demanding. But I think the, 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 the depth of planning, the depth of uh, information needed to try to put your sessions together that challenge the kids intellectually, not just as in a physical sense or, or in, a, in a technical sense, but they uh, try to produce players with, with high soccer IQ who can think the game and are intelligent within the game. And some of the methods that the, the, the guys have shown us in, from France and uh, learning from each other, it's just been a, a fantastic learning uh, curve. And this is just the next step, isn't it? Because I know that you've been to, to, to Spain, to Real Madrid. It's, uh, it just emphasises yeah. how much the club is, is, is putting into to investing in not just the first team, but the future. The club, you know, here at the Colorado Rapids, they're, they're, they're tremendous, uh, you know, proponents of, of, a, of a good youth system. This is one of the things that, that we've decided to do. I'm lucky enough to be chosen as, as one of the people who gets to go on the course. We went to Clairefontaine, the, the French uh, centre of excellence in, in, in uh, Paris, just outside Paris. Went there for a week. I was lucky enough then to go to Real Madrid for a week. This is the next phase, which is basically two weeks here at Colorado Rapids and we're, we're delighted to host and then there's another few phases going to France another club in Europe back here in the States and then and back to France so it's going to be an exciting uh, next 13-14 next months ahead That's Steve Cook ending this week's Rapids podcast we're going to try to get him more often because I like his, uh, his energy and his accent Richard your accent's great but his is a little <laughs> funnier than, than yours 
Um, join us again next week as we look to the 4th of July game against New York and at home again on the 7th versus DC United. Until then, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>